Welcome to Centerpoint Church Podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. Are we missing what God has for us? If we slow down and zoom in, we might just see something new. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. My name is Chris Godfordson, and I get to serve Centerpoint Church as the campus pastor here in Sioux Center. If you're uh, joining us for the very first time today, a special welcome to you. And if uh, this is your thousandth time with us, I'm glad that you're here too. And for all of you, my desire is that you would uh, feel like you belong here, that this could be a place that you would call home. Um, If you're with us on Channel 77 or online too, um, thanks for being here. It takes effort. Uh, to to log in or to turn your TV on, and you could be doing any number of other things. Um, So I'm really glad that you chose to be with us here this morning, too. I have just one announcement today. It involves next Sunday. Uh, Next Sunday, we launch uh, a three-week course that we call Discover Centerpoint. Now, Discover Centerpoint is uh, our way of onboarding you or helping you understand how it is that you can engage in the life of the church, uh, how you can uh, know Christ, continue knowing Christ, how you can grow together, and how you can reach beyond yourselves to help others do the same. Please, I don't care if you've been there before, go again <laughs> and, and invite a friend. If you have been here uh, for your entire life, there's something at Discover Center Point for you. So you can go to Next Steps after worship. Uh, you can have a conversation with them back there. They can get you signed up. You can come see me. You can log in to wearecenterpoint.com to register. Please uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Over the course of the last several weeks, we've been talking about this ancient city known as Ephesus. And we've been talking about a letter that this guy named Paul wrote to this ancient city. And and Paul had uh, a lot of desires for for the city of Ephesus. And I think we've been pretty clear, but I want to be crystal clear for you this morning, okay? I want you to understand fully what was going on here. And in Paul's desire, his heart, um, was that there, the people would not practice syncretism. Are we clear? Everybody understand syncretism? Uh, you're welcome. I'll be here all day. Um, clarity of thought uh, is, is necessary. So syncretism is simply this. It, it's a mixing together of religions. Now, the 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 city of Ephesus was a pagan city, and they worshipped all kinds of things and all kinds of gods. Um, they mixed together several religions. There was, um, they worshipped Diana, or Artemis, as we've referred to her. Um, they built this, uh, the seven wonders, one of the seven wonders of the world to worship Artemis, but they also worshipped their children. Uh, they worshipped their families. They worshipped commerce and culture and all the things. 
Syncretism was alive and well in Ephesus, and, and Paul had other desires for, this pe- for these people. He, he had a different message that he wanted them to grasp, and it was Jesus and Jesus alone. And if we're not careful, we can say that syncretism is alive and well in 21st century North America. Think uh, one example would be Hinduism. Hindus uh, accept Jesus, and then they just add him to the other list of things. And if we're not careful, Christianity is the same way. It's Jesus and, right? Many of us worship Jesus and, Jesus and politics, Jesus and our kids, Jesus and our finances, Jesus and this and that, Jesus and our teams. Enter our friend Paul. Paul was on this ship, and he hopped off at this place, this ancient port city, and he proclaimed a different message. He had a a new word, one that would challenge all of the people. And, And his desire is that the people of Ephesus would grasp, that they would grasp the good news of Jesus Christ that's available to everyone who believes. Now, he he wanted them to to understand something that they couldn't previously grasp. And and I think we've made a big deal out of this over the course of these first several weeks of this series. Like, we have asked you to repeat Greek words, and you repeated those words, and then you left this place, and you didn't remember those words. I get that. Um, But it was for a purpose— and the purpose is that you would understand that you have been created on purpose for a purpose. Paul's understanding of the good news is that people of God have been selected by him. You've been sacrificed for by his son, and you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit when you hear and receive. Also that you would understand the length and the width and the height and the depth of the love of God for you. And we agree with Paul that he can do immeasurably more than we would ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. And friends, all of this grasping and understanding is for this purpose, is so that we would be inwardly sound as human beings, and that we would be others-focused, that we wouldn't care about ourselves, that we would understand that God wants to do something in us and with us and through us for the sake of the world in which we inhabit. So through these first three chapters, we've heard a lot of things that we would call doctrine, selected, uh, predestination, um, uh, that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit, these things are all doctrine. But today, uh, in chapter 4, as we turn to chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians, it's going to say, put it into practice. Or what Paul will say is, it's time to start living like it. Uh, <laughs> sounds fun, right? How are we going to actually do this? Well, we're going to open the Bible. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at the first 16 verses of Ephesians 4. And as we do that, as you get there, 
I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, you know that I keep asking you, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that you would give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. And I pray also that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened in order that we know the hope to which you have called us, the glorious riches of the inheritance in your saints, and that incomparably great power for us who believe is it's that power, that same mighty strength you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead that will give us wisdom and revelation. Come, Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, hear these words from the book that we love from Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received, or as Eugene Peterson would translate it, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want anyone rolling off down some path that goes to nowhere. Um, Verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then... When that happens, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Calling, identity, and actions. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm sorry. Do you see how these things are intimately linked together? Like, um, knowing what we know impacts behavior, right? 
So work with me. The dad drives onto the driveway, and little Jimmy comes running for dad. And as he's running, he's tired and he's hungry. And he, um, little Emma, his three-year-old sister, has just taken his toy. And so he's also mad. And as he's running, he trips and he scrapes his knee on the ground. And dad does what dad does. He picks him up and he pats him on the shoulder. He says, there, there, buddy. You're a big boy. Now, act like it. Or, or how about the, the time when Princess Margaret, or yeah, Princess Margaret is about to address the English people for the very first time. She's sitting there next to Queen Elizabeth, and as she prepares to take the stage to make the speech, uh, Queen Elizabeth leans over and says, now remember, you're a princess. Walk like it. Or how about uh, the time when 18-year-old Sam is uh, completing his military training, basic training in coastal South Carolina, and, and he's doing his final exercises, and he's crawling through this barbed wire fence, and there's live machine gun rounds firing over his head, and, and Sam is stopped in his tracks, and, and he could hear his drill sergeant holler out at him, get going, Sam, you're a soldier. Or, how about this, like every time my kids were going to play a game, they would hear the same message before the game from me. They, I would tell them uh, to go out there to play hard and have fun and be the best teammate you could be because you represent us. You're one of us. So when you're out there, uh, no complaining, just be a good teammate. Encourage your teammates. <laughs> It would have been nice if I had to practice that all the time, right, and didn't let a referee have it once in a while. Um, but, but this is it. We've, we've all had similar experiences, I imagine, right, where the invitation is to, is to act like it. Our, our intentions, our identity, and our actions are intimately linked together. And so is our calling. Our calling is intimately linked together with these things. And, and I would say is that our problem, our collective problem is this. We don't stop and smell the roses. Or, or, or we don't stop to look around and, and take uh, uh, the time to understand what it is that I know that I know. Let alone how that impacts my behavior. But as followers of Jesus, we would do well to stop and zoom in once in a while. Stop and zoom in. Paul was really clear in the first three chapters of Ephesians about all the things and all the doctrine. He desperately wanted people to understand the message of Jesus Christ, to stop worshiping all of the other things and to do Him. So when we want to hear from God, it would be good for us to stop and to zoom in. Now, I realize that none of you have time to stop and zoom in, right? Because you have people to meet and things to go and people to see and, and to do all of the things. But what I want you to get today, what I want you to understand is that if we never stop, if we never slow down, 
we miss things. We miss them all the time. I make a ton of mistakes going slow, and believe me, I move a lot slower than I once did. You make mistakes going slow too, so we miss things. Like this, check this out. This is the Volans constellation. I think that's how you say it. Everyone see that? Now, that's supposed to look like a fish. Apparently, that's a fish. When I look at these things like this, I rarely see what I'm supposed to see. Do you, what do you see? I more see a bow tie, right? Anyhow. But if we never zoom in on that, uh, we're going to miss it. So uh, somebody, uh, it's good to stop and to zoom in. Now, somebody else zoomed in on this. So look at this. So this is a, a, a zoomed-in image of that Volans constellation. It's, these are the web galaxies, and there are thousands of galaxies there. The point, the point I want you to get is this, is that God has a lot for us when we stop and zoom in. If we would just stop and zoom in, we might grasp our identity and our calling in a different way. We might understand that God will do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, that our lives zoomed in might look a lot more like the constellation or like the web galaxies than the actual constellation does, right? So I think Paul wants us to Um, stop and zoom in on three words today. The pastor's friend is an alliteration. An alliteration is when those three words start with the same letter. Sorry, uh, I can't alliterate this. Um, But the words are unity, equipping, and maturity. Work hard, stay with me, and if you can't, then um, stop when you get home, zoom in on the text, and read it again. They're in there. Unity, equipping and maturity. Again, I wish I could alliterate that, but I can't. Here's what I want you to get. This first word, unity, is kind of a big deal. And it's a key theme in Pauline theology. Uh, Paul wants and deeply desired that Christians, that people who follow Jesus would be together with other Christians. I wonder what Paul would think about the million of denominations that exist today. Um, He he desires that Jews and, and Gentiles and Jews and Greeks, that they all would worship together, that they would serve together, that they would be together in Christ with one another. Look with me at verses three through six. If you kept your Bible open, great. If not, they'll be on the screen for you. But here, 3 through 6 will be from Peterson's version of the Bible, the message. Paul says this through Eugene's lens. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, When you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul believes that as followers of Jesus that we are in this 
together, that we live this life we have been given together. And Paul knows that if the message of salvation through, by grace through faith is going to move from Ephesus out into the rest of the world, that the, the Ephesian church is going to have to do this, and so are we. In other words, we're going to have to start acting like it. He says things like being on alert and, and making, uh, uh, making sure that we keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, he would say, let's be on the same road. Let's walk down the same path together. Let's be inwardly sound and outward focused so that we make Christ known together. And at Centerpoint Church, we believe this deeply friends. We believe that you belong here. Whether this is, uh, whether you've been walking with Jesus for your entire life, or whether you're just checking out Jesus and you're still not sure, we believe that we all belong here. So some of us might be pretty close to Jesus. He might be right back there, but we're taking steps away from him at the moment. Others of you are a ways out, but you are moving towards Jesus. See, Jesus is the center and the point of everything we do, and all God wants us to do, and what Paul is saying to us is, let's be together in this, and let's all be pointing people to Jesus. Let's travel the same road. Let's go in the same direction. Let's do this thing of making Christ known together. Because we don't accept the belief that if you believe like us and behave like us, then you belong. That's not it. Jesus says we all belong. And as we, if we all belong and we all start behaving the way that Jesus did, then ultimately I think everyone will come to a place of belief. And when everyone comes to a place of belief, we're making Christ known. And then they too will go out into the world and make Christ known. If you were listening, I used the word baptism a minute ago. Um, if you have not been baptized, we're planning to do um, some baptism uh, later this spring, probably around Easter. Oh, we're going to have an, uh, an infant baptism right over here in a couple of weeks. Thanks be to God. But if you're an adult or if you're a believer now and you were never baptized, I would love for you to have a conversation with me about what a baptism Sunday might look like. Thanks for letting me slip in the commercial. I almost forgot. These things matter. It's a big deal. Anyway, Paul preached unity, that we would do these things together because that is the way. And as he explained, the, the, the people all have gifts. Look with me at verses 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'm not going to get lost in the offices, 
but I am going to be clear on the calling. If you've been around here for any period of time, any amount of time at all, you would understand that I agree with Paul, who's, who would say that you all have gifts, skills, talents, and passions, and that Paul's desire, Christ's desire, is that you would use your gifts, skills, talents, and passions for the sake of the kingdom. You have gifts, skills, talents, and passions. Every single one of you, even at home, you have them. And Paul desires that we would experience transformation. Now, I'm also clear on my call that, that I am supposed to equip you. <laughs> my responsibility is to give you what you need so that you can get into action. And I am quite certain and I'm crystal clear. <laughs> I want to be really clear. I don't transform anybody. The Holy Spirit does. It's up to me to co-labor with God to create spaces where you can be transformed. And when we do this, when we engage in this, it, there's this twofold thing that happens. Like, uh, I, meet, I have uh, several staff members who report to me, and we meet together every week, and as we do, I listen, I encourage, I coach, I challenge, um, I minister to them. And they do the same thing back to me. They, I learn from them. I grow but through these interactions. We're united. <laughs> but I'm also equipped. And the same thing happens with a lot of you. Thanks be to God that we do this thing. We work together back and forth. So it's my job to equip you. It's not my job, it's not Jamie's job, it's not Sai's job, it's not Sarah's job, it's not each's job to do all the things. It's our job to equip you to engage the work, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It's my job to equip you, it's yours to be equipped. Are you open to being equipped? Are you willing to let the Spirit do a work in you so that you would engage with us in making Christ known in this place, in the world that we inhabit? I had a couple people ask me beforehand, are you ready to go today? And I'm like, yeah, but it feels kind of hard. I want to equip you for works of service. And we do this by giving you opportunities to serve. There are hundreds of ways in which you can serve around here. But we also do this by offering things like Discover Center Point, by offering faith walking, by offering real life discipleship training, by having a study on this whole series that we are preaching our way through, we do this to equip you so that we would move until we're moving rhythmically and easily with each other, Peterson translates verse 12. 
until we're moving rhythmically and easily with each other. This is what we've been asked to do. And I thought about it for a minute. Maybe I'll ask everybody to stand up and we can start swaying back and forth, moving rhythmically, but I'm not going to do that. You're welcome. But this is the vision. Are we moving rhythmically? Are we open to being equipped? I want you to get this. I um, extended a, a significant challenge last week, and the Holy Spirit worked in the hearts of several people. And we had 10 or 11 people who clicked and said, yes, I want to serve with you going forward. 10 or 11 new people out of the, the fraction of people who are in this space. And so, you know, this morning I wonder, would you, would you go online? Would you go to Next Steps and say, hey, I want to I serve? Or I want to engage in Discover Centerpoint. Or I want to serve at Awana or Centerpoint Kids or, or in our student ministry. Or I want to run the camera and click the slides. And no, nobody's going to turn around if you don't click the slide appropriately. Can we do this? And if you don't feel equipped, let's talk. Because I'm quite certain that you are, and I will call out the gift in you. Let's have a conversation. Go to next steps after worship and get engaged. And we've said this a million times around here. This isn't um, something that we want from you. This is what we want for you. Because you've been created on purpose for a purpose. Engage in your purpose. And, And when we do this then this is true. Verse 15. When we do this, then this is true. We will no longer be infants. The passage started with uh, Paul's urging us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And, And then he said this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. When we do these things, we will no longer be spiritual infants. One of the tools of real-life discipleship is going to be on the screen for you. And it talks about, it shows this this level or this this process of um, when we're spiritually dead, we, we don't believe. We live in unbelief. And then we have this moment when we are born again. And our eyes are opened, and we recognize Jesus, and then uh, we are spiritual infants. And then we move to being spiritual children, and then we move as we continue to grow and be transformed. Then we get to this place where we become a spiritual adult, and then we're a spiritual parent, and we're disciples who make disciples who make disciples. This is our call. We aren't going to be able to make Christ known if we remain spiritual infants. So it's not, it's time to no longer just drink the milk. I mean, it's written about this in other places in Scripture. It's time to eat the meat. And we agree with Paul in this. And because it's our responsibility to equip you, it's also my responsibility to challenge you and to invite you into these things It's my responsibility to equip you. It's yours to be equipped. Our culture says consume. Our God says 
Get into action. Put this stuff into practice. And I know it might hit a little close to home. Sorry. Not sorry. Because instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. He's calling us to maturity. Paul is calling us to maturity and greater than that. Jesus, who is the head of the church, is calling you to maturity. He's calling me to maturity. He's calling us, all of us, those who are here and those of us who are us who aren't here. He's calling all of us to maturity so that together we will make Christ known in all of the places that we inhabit. Unity, equipping, maturity. Those are the words. And that's your invitation. Would we live in unity? Would would we be willing to be equipped? Becoming mature so that we all together will make Christ known. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I bless you for your word and the challenge of living into it. God, would you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, enable us to live in unity with one another, that we would be for each other, that we would walk along the same road together, that we would be about the things that you're about together. God, would you equip us? And more than that, I I pray that we would understand that you already have by selecting us, by sacrificing your son for us and sealing us with the Holy Spirit. Would we understand that we are equipped And would we be mature in our faith, walking with you, serving you, learning from you with others along the way? God, we desperately need you. And Lord, I know that there are many in our midst um, who are Uh, grieving the passing of Arlene Skydeman in this week. Um, Would you be with her her family um, as they have a funeral on Tuesday and as they celebrate a life well lived by one of your saints who was mature? That's my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. 
We hope to see you soon in person for worship on Sundays at 930.